You're listening to episode 41 of the We Got the Runs podcast. In this episode, we're going to get some run inspiration from Sally McRae. Welcome to the We Got the Runs podcast. I'm your host, Letty Lundquist, and I invite you to join me as we talk about all things running. In this podcast, we talk tips, tactics, and strategies to make every run a good run. Hey, runners, and welcome to the We Got the Runs podcast. My name is Letty. I'm your host, and I'm here with my awesome co-host, Ryan. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me and calling me awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you for saying thank you. So it's the first week of March already. We just got done finishing a four-part series for the entire month of February. We created episodes that were designed to help you get started running or improve your running. It was our guide to running. So part one was the run. Part two was fueling. Part three, the mind. And part four, injury prevention. And for each episode, we had a different expert on, ranging from an elite coach to a registered dietitian, a motivational speaker, and a physiotherapist. So that was super fun. Thanks for all the amazing feedback. For those of you who didn't listen, those episodes are still available, and I highly suggest that you go back and have a listen. So how was your weekend, Ryan? You and I both had an exciting weekend because we participated in some races. So let's talk about that. Sure. My weekend was great. Um, I think first, though, let's talk about your race because yours was Saturday and mine was Sunday. All right. I'll start. I participated in a 5K. I don't love 5Ks, but I did do it because you're on the board of the Medical Society and it was one of those events where one of us had to go. And given that you had an event the next day, you asked me to run it. So this was a 5K I hadn't prepared for. I had been ramping up a whole bunch of miles, about 50 miles a week, and no speed training. And I was actually thinking I wasn't going to do as well as I did. So that was a very pleasant surprise. You make it sound like it was a chore. I think that as soon as I said, hey, you want to run it instead of me? I think that the reaction was quite different. So go ahead and tell us how you did. So I did really well. I did a 20 minutes and 25 seconds 5K on no speed training. So it's not my PR, but it was pretty good for, uh, you know, the fact that I've been putting in slower miles for the last two months. And before that, I was out because of plantar fasciitis. So good surprise. And learning lesson is that you can do or that you do get stronger when you do a lot of miles. I just remember that younger guy trying to struggle to stay ahead of you at the end when you were coming in. Oh my God, that was so crazy. So there was this guy in front of me and I was trying to hang on to him and I could tell he was slowing down. So I tried to pass him three times and every time he heard my footsteps up behind him, he sped up. And then of course I wasn't strong mentally. (laughs) So then I would give up and we danced back and forth the whole time, but there was no way I could go by him. He wouldn't let me. (laughs) Is that like the running dance? The running dance. Yeah, that's how runners dance. So anyway, Ryan, how was your race? Tell us what you did, where you did it, and how it went. So we did Piggy's Revenge. It's a um, so it was a bike race. It was uh, forty miles. It was in just north of where we live, and through a lot of it was single track, and then some just like uh, um, we have in Florida here, we have a lot of power line roads or other stuff, 
that are just kind of dirt. And so you had a long kind of power line roads bef- between the single track. Um, and it was a lot of fun. The single track in the area. We also have, also in Florida, we have wild pigs in that area. And the pigs like rut up the ground. So there's a bunch of holes where the pigs rut up the ground. So is that why it was called Piggy's Revenge? I think it is why it's called Piggy's Revenge. That and it's difficult. And, and so when we were riding, you have most of the trail is pretty good, but there's still a lot of bumps. And so it made for some slow going. I did do it two years ago. So I kind of knew what I was getting into. And it was, I liked it. It was a lot of fun. I like those races because they were, you know, to me, it's more fun than a marathon where there's a lot of, ton of people and it's huge crowds. Like there, there was, I don't, I don't know how many people, maybe a few, a couple hundred or something. But so there's a decent number of people, but everyone's leaving at different times and there's different courses. There's like a 20 miler, a 40 miler, a 60 miler and stuff. So, um, everyone left at different times. And so you wouldn't, you don't really run into many people as you go along. And at the end, they had like bratwurst and beer and like during the, race they had all sorts of fun little snacks and things too so it was neat so it's kind of like the same thing that they do with trail races you know kind of smaller and good food type of thing yeah i like the good food and stuff i mean it's nice to have I mean, they also had little energy packs and things like that but i mean it was more for fun so it's nice to snack on bad stuff like chocolate bars and things instead of all energy energy packs and, yeah. and gatorade <laughs> so how'd you do so it wasn't really for time. It was more for fun. So I went with our friend Wes, who you run with all the time. And it was a ton of fun with him, you know, someone to chat with and talk with. And um, I think, uh, I don't know if he knew exactly everything that he was getting into. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he had as much fun as I did. And we'll see let's see if he goes next year. Then I'll know that he enjoyed it versus not. But, but yeah, I, I liked it a lot. <laughs> so anyway, so this weekend, um, I actually have another race. I have a trail race, a 10-mile trail race, and I'm excited for that. That sounds like it'd be fun. I, 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 would, I think I would enjoy that more than just running on the road. I will definitely enjoy that more than a 5K because I know better than to try to race in trails because I know I'll twist my ankle. So for me, it's just kind of going out there, enjoying the scenery and, you know, running, but not going all out. So that's going to be nice. We'll be excited to hear about that on next week's episode. (laughs) All right. So what do we have going on for this week? Do you know? I don't. You didn't tell me yet. I have no clue. (laughs) All right. So, well, let's shift gear. And the theme of this podcast, um, I was trying to figure out how to organize it because I would always have a topic and then a speaker or an interviewee with it, but I couldn't figure out anything for this runner. So I decided I'm going to have a few episodes and I'm calling them Runspiration, kind of like inspiration by certain runners that inspire us more. And while they're experts in a certain area, like this girl that I'm going to have on, her name is Sally McRae. She's a very well-known trail racer, but I already have an episode that I called Ultra Trail Running 101. So with her, she's also a mom and has a bunch of other things going for her. So I decided to call it Runspiration. So when you have Coach Ron Tab on, are you going to call it Ronspiration? <laughs> Ronspiration. <laughs> That's a good one. I might actually do that. So anyway, I'm now going to play my interview with Sally McRae, and I hope you guys enjoy it. 
All right, so I'm here and super excited to be here with a legend, Sally McRae, superwoman, super fast ultra runner, run coach. She's a mom, a wife, an inspirational speaker, a runner for Nike, and you can see her in magazines, YouTube videos, and oh my gosh, I'm missing so much, but I'll let you <laughs> fill in or even better start from the beginning. Maybe you can start by telling us about yourself, who you are and where you're from and how you started running. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on, Letty. Uh, this is such a, always a, a, just a great opportunity for me to connect with, um, you know, not only new podcast hosts like yourself, but I know uh, your community too. So um, thanks so much for just allowing me this, this time that I can connect with people in, in a new way. Um, let's see, I, you asked me a, a couple loaded questions there right away. <laughs> I know. Tell us your whole life in a nutshell. <laughs> uh, yeah, I <clears throat> I think uh, the the simplest introduction I could give myself is that I'm a mom and um, a wife. I'm a professional trail mountain runner, and um, yeah, you said a couple other things that I I do as well. Um, I am originally from Southern California. I live in Bend, Oregon now. Uh, that was a recent move for us. And, you know, I love just being out in nature and I love being on the mountain. Um, and my sport, thankfully, has fulfilled a dream that I've had in my heart since I was a little girl. So um, this, this really big desire to want to see the world and to see the beauty that's in the world, but also to meet people. I love people so much. Um, I love how unique and different each person is. And I always get really excited and enthusiastic to hear other people's stories. I've learned and grown in, in so many different ways and have been challenged and humbled in so many ways by just sitting and listening to people's stories. And um, so I think a big part of my career, although yes, I, I love the opportunity to race and, and to get on the podium. And, you know, that's important um, to maintain my career and for my sponsors and things like that. But really my greatest joy in doing what I do is I really see my running as a pathway to reach other people and to hopefully shine back on them, just how wonderful and amazing and unique they are. So um, yeah, I'll just kind of, I'll kind of leave it at that for the introduction. I know you have some questions um, that we had chatted about before that you wanted to cover, so I can expand or... <laughs> yeah, how about you tell us a little bit about how you first started running? Were you always a runner starting with school, or how did that happen? Yeah, when I was seven years old, I... You know, I always had a love for running since I was a little girl for as long as I can remember. So there's five kids in my family. I'm the middle child and uh, all five of us would go to school together every day. We'd walk. It was like a little over a mile from our house and my brother would ride his bike. He was like five years older than the rest of us. All us girls are super close in age. We're all like one and one and a half years apart. And um, so my brother would always ride his bike and then the rest of us would walk. Well, when I was in kindergarten, first grade, I, for whatever reason, really wanted to keep up with my brother on his bike. So I would run. And 
at a young age, I, I noticed that I was fast. I just was fast naturally. Um, I was, it was, it was something in me that I just, I found great enjoyment in, in moving my body as fast as I could. So every day I would run really hard to school and I'd just keep up with my brother. And there was a little park down the street and I would go down and I would run laps on it. Um, so when I was seven, I did my first running race as a local city race just a little 1K distance. And I, I fell in love with it. There was something about, you know, and when you're that little, you don't know how to pace. So <laughs> there is something really exhilarating about going super hard from the start and crawling, you know, barely being able to keep pace as I would cross the finish line. So running has always been a big part of my life, but my greatest enthusiasm as, as a little girl and as an athlete came from gymnastics and soccer. So it was more of a supplement to the other sports that I did because those were more exciting. It was more exciting to kick a ball around with your teammates and score goals than to just run. And it was the same thing for gymnastics, all the different um, events, you know, on the floor and the beam and the bars and hanging out with your girlfriends. It was just, it was just more fun. And I think that um, that is such an important element when it comes to sport is, is finding the, the fun and the enthusiasm in it. So it really wasn't until after I graduated from college that I discovered endurance running. So I did running throughout my life as a supplement to soccer. So I was on track. I was a sprinter. Um, I dabbled a little bit in cross country when I was in middle school. Um, you know, our high school coaching and club coaches always encouraged us to do track and field as a way to just to keep up with speed and power and strength. So it was always there. And then when I graduated from college, um, I went, I got a, a soccer scholarship. So I played pretty much my, my whole life soccer. Um, but when I graduated from college and I, w I was a freshman English teacher, that's when I really started to discover endurance running and, um, and it started to, to change, change my life at that point. So I was about 20, 21, 22. Nice. And that's when you um, started signing up for local 5Ks, half marathons, and then a marathon, I'm assuming? No, I actually, to this day, have still never, ever raced a 5K or 10K in my life. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> that's shocking. Yeah, I know. I know. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I actually came about endurance running in a very different way and even ultra running. I really, um, as I said earlier, I, I believe that it's so important that athletes, um, and I believe if you have a body, you're an athlete. So whether you think you're competitive or slow or fast or recreational, um, I believe everyone is an athlete. And so I, I, I always thought that it's important to know that when you want to give your best at something, um, there also needs to be a love and an enthusiasm for it because training is hard. Racing is hard. It's uncomfortable. And if you really give your best in everything that you do, you're going to find that you're going to hit some rough patches, some challenges, and you're not going to be motivated all the time. And so 
for me, when I discovered endurance running, I just signed up right away for a marathon. I didn't really care about 5Ks didn't really impress me. Um, They seemed so short and it wasn't a challenge. I think too, being a lifelong competitive athlete, I mean, my life goal was to be a professional soccer player. So, you know, we, I put in high mileage all the time. Like you, you run five to seven miles a day. Um, So signing up for a 5k was just like, why would I sign up to run three miles? That's lame. And same with a 10k. (laughs) But that was also me not knowing anything about the running community. Because now that I look, you know, now when I, (laughs) the way I understand it and seeing my daughter is a competitive runner too, um, 5k's are incredibly painful and so hard to run if you're running it right. And so um, it's just a different strategy of running in a different um, energy that, that you're giving and the training is just as hard as an ultra. <laughs> so um, at that time and being so naive and not <clears throat> really understanding, I just thought that everything was about distance. So I thought, oh, I can run a three, I can run 3.1 miles. I'm not going to do a 5k. I can run six miles. I'm not going to do a 10k. Um, and then the, the half marathon therefore was just really wasn't a challenge to me and so I thought wow but a marathon oh my gosh (laughs) I can't imagine running running 26 miles so I'm just going to do this so when I um first started training for my first marathon which was the LA marathon I had no idea at all what I was doing I think I probably trained for it in the same way that a lot of people do where every weekend you just hope to run further. And every time you run, you hope to run faster and, you know, it's piling up as much miles as possible. And so, you know, by the time I actually ran that, um, I didn't do it very well, but I finished and I fell in love with the distance with, you know, I had blisters and, and bloody toenails and I just, um, you know, I think it took me four and a half hours to, to complete it. It was a very difficult, thing for me to do, but because it was so hard and I had grown up just really fine tuning soccer and, and I was a really great soccer player. Um, I wasn't good at endurance running, but I loved that because I thought, wow, this is something I can really, um, get good at. And it's something that I can work at. And I knew it was something that I could research and kind of learn on my, on my own. I didn't need to be a part of a running group, which I didn't have time for. And I could run it, you know, at my, on my own time, um, in any place that I wanted to, and, you know, just really start to carve out a a goal for myself. So that's what I did. My second uh, marathon, I made it a goal to qualify for Boston. And so I trained for a year. I'd only do one race a year. And so I trained for a whole year to run the San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon. And so that was my second race. And that I did that in 3.30. And I was like 24, I think, at the time, 23 maybe at the time. And so that was a fast enough time to qualify for Boston Marathon. And that really was the start of me just really falling in love with, um, with endurance running. So when I qualified for Boston, I had a total of three races under my belt that I had ever run. I ran the Surf City Half Marathon as a build-up to um, my first marathon, which was the, the LA Marathon. So I did those like six weeks apart. And then a year later, I ran my third race to qualify for Boston, which was the um, San Diego Rock and Roll. 
That's awesome. That's awesome to hear how you just took it in your own hands. And once you did the <laughs> distance, you try to, you know, accomplish your new goal, which was to go mm -hmm. faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so then with that, you ended up running Boston. And then how did you move from the road to the trails? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I said, I would just do one race a year and really they were just personal goals. I wasn't looking to be a competitive road runner, but, um, having been competitive my entire life and, um, you know, that, that original dream that I had to be a professional soccer, soccer player was, it was thwarted a little bit because I, I also, during that time when I was on that path, um, I lost my mom really young. I became the guardian to my, to my younger siblings. I was working two jobs and I was just handling so much that I, I put that, dream aside and really just put it away. And so that's really how I started running. Um, you know, just as a whole, I would run like at midnight and I would just cry. Um, it was like this quiet time of, of prayer for me. And um, it was really just trying to sort out how much my life had changed in such a short amount of time. You know, I had worked so hard in my youth to achieve this dream of becoming a professional athlete and my whole world was flipped upside down. And, you know, I essentially had to grow up very quickly and I had to um, do things that no other 16, 17, 18 year old that I knew at that time was doing, you know, all my friends were out, hanging out with girlfriends and shopping on the weekends and going on dates and going to the movies. And I was caring for my siblings and working a couple jobs and, um, you know, trying just to, to hold my life together as best I could. And so for, for me, when I, when I did transition into running these marathons just once a year, there was a little, there was a piece of me that was just fulfilling this constant, um, passion and goal that I had had since I was a little kid to compete and to be competitive and to see what my body could do and, and where and how I could push myself. So um, I got married straight out of college and went right into teaching uh, at a high school. I was a freshman English teacher for a couple of years and then I was also a soccer coach. And so those races that I, that I ran just once a year were really just you know, me getting out whenever I could, I'd run before I would teach. And then I, maybe I'd run and go to the gym afterward. I was very used to doing two a day training. Cause that's how I lived most of my life as an athlete. You, you train twice a day. So my training ethic and what I had built up my entire life was there. Um, I was very strong. I was fit. I, I didn't know how to pace a marathon, but I knew I was a great athlete. And so my discovery of the ultra and trail community was just on a whim. I was reading one of my runner's world magazines one day. And, and by this time I had two kids. So I had my kids really young too. I was pregnant with Mackenzie by the time I was 25 and um, had my son less than two years later after her. And so I, I had babies when I discovered um, ultra and trail running. And I was reading about Ann Chasen, Car Dean Carnazes, Jen Shelton. There was this whole article on them and about running 100 miles. And I thought people run 100 mile races. I didn't know those existed. <laughs> Why in the world would anybody want to do that? But I'm also just in, incredibly curious by nature. And so um, my curiosity really got the best of me. And I thought, 
that that is so cool that our bodies are able to do that. I, I really want to try that. That's crazy. So that is essentially how I got started. It was out of curiosity and wonder. And, you know, I was enjoying running so much and this idea of like, oh, I'm going to challenge my body in a new way. Um, also at this time, in order to stay home with my children, I I was running my own fitness business. So I would get up at 4 a.m. and teach classes at 5 a.m. and then come home and be mom all day while my husband went, went to work. Um, he was a youth pastor at that time and, and he's also a teacher. So our lives were really busy. And, you know, those first couple of years when I, I started to embark in the ultra and trail scene, it was, um, it was, it was challenging because as a young do mom with two little babies and, you know, I think a lot of moms listening, you can identify with this. Like sometimes you just feel that pressure from other moms and you feel, um, you know, that comparison, you feel that sometimes judgments and even within your own families, you, you, you sometimes just don't feel like you're ever measuring, measuring up as a mom or that you're not doing it perfectly or your house isn't in order. There's none, you're not finishing the laundry on time. And, um, so for me, I, I was very much alienated in what I did um, because I, was, I would go and run 30-mile long runs on the weekend. And, you know, because I wanted to be very, a, a very present mom, just like my mom was for us, I would train late at night. So, you know, I was getting up at 4 a.m. to go to work. And I was done with work by 6 a.m. And then sometimes I'd get like a little quick run in after that. But then I put my kids to bed at night and I would go train for a couple hours like at night. I would either go to the gym or I'd run circles in my neighborhood. My goal as a mom was to prove wrong what so many of the stereotypes were at that time. Now, my kids are 12 and 14 now and a lot has changed. Um, and a lot hasn't. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of newer moms in our sport getting way more support and being that strong mama. But when I entered the scene, it was just like, how can you be a good mom and do that? Or why would you do that? That's so selfish. And, um, you know, that's ridiculous. And, oh, you're poor kids. And so I, my goal was, well, I'm going to prove you all wrong because at the end of the day, just because we come, become a mother, because we come a, become a father, it doesn't mean that you have to completely stop loving and doing the things that you love. They take a new shape and they take on a new season. And yes, you should become flexible and, and, you know, your children are a gift. They're not a job. And so you, you should handle it in that way. I do believe that. But I also believe that because you have these children, you are now teaching them in a very real way, how to live their lives, how to go after their dreams, how to never give up. And if, the goal of raising strong men and women is to tell them, hey, once you become a parent, your whole life stops, then I think we're doing it wrong. And so my goal was, I'm going to show these kids what it looks like to chase after a dream and still be a great mother. And so I would train when they would sleep. And that was, that really was um, how I did it for, for several years all the way until I, I achieved my dream of, of signing on with Nike and becoming a professional athlete. Yeah, that's amazing. 
you're touching on so many of the points that I have prepared for you, um, especially time management, you know, time management right now as, as a woman, mom, code. So you have all these things going on in your life. And um, I guess then you're saying that the way that you manage it best is by just getting up a little bit earlier and telling yourself that if this is a priority to you, then you're going to get the time for it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I, I did an article um, like six or seven years ago with Outside Magazine on this. It's, and you could actually still look it up online. It's called No Excuses. And, um, you know, I think when I, when I first signed with Nike, I remember when they we reached out to me and my immediate response was timid. Um, I, I was so... I, and I wasn't expecting that kind of response after something that I had, had worked so hard for, but I was timid because I thought, oh my gosh, this is one of the biggest brands in the world. Um, I, I can only imagine the kind of criticism I'm going to get when I sign with them. And it was such a terrible response, but it was so um, true to what surrounded me at that time. It was so... Uh, that was normalized for, for me was I was constantly getting criticized and questioned as to why I was pursuing this dream of mine. And, you know, it was always in the back of my mind where I thought, man, you know, people, we are so quick to judge what we see on the outside. And so, you know, moms would just see me as just this runner mom, but I'm like, but you don't see me day in and day out with my children either. You don't, you don't see what I do and how, much I, I devote to my kids for the entire day. My training is, is so different from a female professional athlete who is not married, who does not have children, who does not also run her own business, who gets to get up in the morning and just think about herself, can sleep in, makes her own healthy food, gets to train whenever she wants throughout the day, and basically does, does that on repeat all week. Well, for me, it was every day I, I didn't know when I would be able to train. You know, what if one of my kids had a fever or somebody was sick or, um, you know, my husband needed me to help him with something or there was a social event that came up or something with my business. Um, I, I worked those, you know, several years at trying to craft some type of method and way that fit with you know, really our family life and how our family worked. And I think at the end of it all, what I realized was we are, as mothers, we are given specific children. No one else gets to be the mom of our children except us. And so that in itself is such a gift. But then it's, it's understanding that each of our children are very unique in who they are. And so you know, different kids have different needs and, um, you know, and, and different personalities and just things about them that we have to give full attention to and fully embrace. And then as a whole, the way that our family functions uniquely, it's supposed to be different from everyone else. I think that one of the most dangerous things that we do as parents is we go on social media and we look how other people are doing life and whether that's like, wow, their house is so put together and so nice or wow, their family seems so happy all the time and they go on these vacations or wow, like she's so fit and she's getting all her workouts in and she has six kids. Like, 
there, it's so easy to sit and just compare when really what we should be doing is discovering the beauty and the uniqueness of our own family and what works for us. And so, so often when I would, you know, and I would get some criticism sometimes to my face, but I would just say, this is what works for our family. And this is how we are going to do it. And so for me, that's what I found. I was like, I know I'm not going to have a training schedule like this athlete, that my life is not going to look like this athlete. I'm not going to be doing the same workouts and training at the same type of day. I'm going to do what works for me while I'm raising my children. And so, yes, the 4 a.m. wake-up call uh, became just prime for me because nobody needed me at that time. And that's why I ran my business at that time. Well, then it also came back at the, you know, my kids would both um, nap for two hours during the day when they were really young. So then I had my whole little gym, you know, set up in my garage or in my living room at the time. You know, sometimes we lived in these, um, you know, all four of us lived in a a little two bedroom apartment for a while. So it was like, okay, what could I do in my living room? Um, You know, it was just always being willing to adjust to the season and and the changes with my kids. And not ever letting there be an excuse as to why I couldn't get my training in for that day or why I wasn't going to work toward my goal, no matter what it is. And it wasn't perfect, but I did believe that if you really, really want something, if you really, truly believe that you know this is the pathway for you and this is your heart's desire, that you should go after it. And and know that when you do that, you inspire so many other people to do the same. You inspire people that anything is possible. And I know that's a common um, conversation today in, in the sports world. Um, I know Kipchoge uses that as a hashtag all the time. Anything is, is possible. But the thing is, is that like, that's such a powerful thing for women, for, for moms. It's like, Hey, anything is possible. It, this isn't just like how fast you can run, but it's like, know that you can still be an incredible, very present mother and still do great things with the dreams that you have in your heart that you've had your, your entire life. You said that so well, and I, I really <laughs> love it because it's all about um, expectation management and what you do with your time. And just like you said, you know, you didn't train at a certain time, you know, no coach tell or your coach will tell you, okay, you got to get this mileage done. But then it's you that decides, okay, if I want to get it done, which you did, you're just going to do it early in the morning or late at night. So we really liked that. And, you know, that goes along with, um, for those that know you and are following you on Instagram, where you're known as the yellow runner, you're always raw and super open with your posts and <laughs> you post the good and the bad, but, um, you know, your even your bad posts they always un, end on some kind of high note and turn out to be something inspirational. So can you maybe talk to us and tell us how you are able to always see the good in something? Yeah, you know, I I'd say at at the end of the day, within everything that I do, um, <clears throat> I you know I have a a strong a strong faith in in Jesus Christ. I am a Christian, um, and that has really kept me motivated. Uh, and I actually motivated isn't the word. That's what's kept me hopeful in every um, season of my life. You know, I, I touched a little bit earlier about the family that I grew up in and, and just some of the um, hardships that I faced when I was young. So for me, that is really what catapulted my faith and hope because 
you know, I, I grew up with a dad that was very um, displeased with me. He was abusive and really just in the most simplest way did not like me and, and treated me very harshly. I was really close with my mom and I, I, she was such an incredible encourager and, and she had a strong faith and hope in the Lord too. And so I, I think, you know, when, when she passed away, I was so young. Um, and there was a very distinct decision that I had to make at a young age. And she asked me this just, you know, weeks before she, she died. And, you know, this is where Yellow Runner actually comes from, um, that, that name Yellow Runner. I, I had grown up loving the color yellow, but my mom called me Sunshine. She said, you're, all, you're such a happy kid, and naturally. And this is growing up in a, in a house that was, had a lot of tension. And um, really, I, I, I was fearful sometimes as a child. And um, I loved being able to go to school and just kind of escaping home. But I also loved being in, in my mom's presence because she was so loving and kind. And so it was kind of like this protagonist, antagonist constant that was in my life. That's how I grew up. And it was always, I'm either going to believe what the horrible things that my dad says to me on a daily basis and how he thinks of me and the way he makes me feel. And, or I'm going to believe the loving, kind words and the way that my mom tried to protect me which one am I going to choose? And I think that um, as I grew up and now as I'm a mother and I'm looking back and really understanding the great sadness in that home and um, how she wasn't able to get out of that, but she did cling to hope and she had a very strong faith. And so before she passed away, she it was like four weeks before she died, she bought me all these yellow presents and it was like a yellow candle, a yellow blanket, a yellow picture frame, a yellow clock. And, um, and she said to me, she said, Sally, it was my birthday. Um, you, you have this opportunity to live a life that shines. And I don't want you to be angry at God when he takes me away because it is going to be hard for you. I want you to live a life that you do everything in your heart. Because the time, from the time I was little, like I always had these big dreams. I always told my mom, I'm going to go to the Olympics, I'm going to write a book, and I'm going to travel the world. Like that was, from the time I was a, a little, little girl, that was my dream. And so I was very, um, I was a really passionate, excited kid. I would, I would say that, mo you know, most of my school teacher conferences that my mom had, teachers would always describe me as a happy child. But what I experienced at home was not happy at all. It was really scary. And there was five kids in my home. And, you know, for whatever reason, my dad was the cruelest to me. And so I think I just learned. It's kind of, I think it's a, you know, the human soul is so resilient. Um, I think every person on the planet is much stronger than they think that they are. Uh, our minds can be our greatest enemy in, in convincing us that we're not. But when you are in the eye of a storm day in and day out, you have to make a decision to either rise above and move out of that or just sit in it and complain and turn into a bitter, angry, scared person. And, you know, I, when I was sitting at the bedside of my mom and I'm watching her take her last breath, it just really struck me. I'm either going to live my life the way that she did, clinging to this hope and 
you know, really searching for the best and living a life of love, or I'm going to be so angry and upset and bitter at the world, um, you know, that me as 17 is, is I'm losing, losing everything. So, you know, really at the very root of my life and just how I live today now as a 41-year-old woman, that is where it comes from. It is day in and day out realizing, yes, I can focus on the great loss and pain that I've had throughout my life, not even just in that year. There's, there's so many other sad moments that I've had to walk through. Or I can look at the flip side of it and see that there are also so many blessings. There truly is. And I hate, I wish there's a better word I can use because sometimes I feel like the word blessings is thrown around so much. But there's a lot of good um, right in front of us. There is good on the other side of the storm. There is, you know, the sun rises every day. Um, nothing lasts forever. Everything comes to an end. And so am I going to see that through? And, you know, I, I believe that when I got signed with Nike, that that wasn't by chance. Um, you know, I, I live a life that believes too much is given, much is required. And so if we're given a lot, uh, whether it's financially, um, even if we're given lots of children, if we are given the, you know, the gift of being able to, you know, if we're put kind of in more of a platform type career, which I believe that's kind of where I reside. Like I'm, I'm signed with big brands that whether I want to be or not, I'm, I'm exposed, you know, and it could be through social media or, you know, things like that or in, in races. Um, and so I believe, you know, that's a big responsibility for me. And so when I do put stuff out online or when I do go to events and I speak or um, I do speaking events, it, I have this strong conviction that my running is actually simply a platform and as a way to reach people. It's my excuse to reach people on a deeper, more meaningful level. The running is just kind of like the frosting on the cake. It's the component of it because like anything, every professional athlete, their career comes to an end. Our medals and our trophies fade and they dust away. But who we are as people um, is far more powerful. And the impact that we can, that we can leave upon a community, a sports community, um, is so much more powerful when it is truly rooted in something that is true and good as opposed to trying to be rooted in, oh, I set this course record or look at how great this buckle is or I won a race on the world tour. I mean, all that stuff is quickly for, you know, forgotten. So, you know, for me, when I have a bad race and I talk about it, I'm really not talking about the race. And in fact, I get over those, those bad races pretty quickly because there's always another one. There's always another chance. There's always something else to look forward to. My goal when I talk about racing and training is that people would see the parallel to life in that. Running is such a beautiful parallel to life. And especially as a mountain trail runner, you know, climbing up the mountains, weathering storms at the top of a mountain pass, um, you know, running at 2am in, in pitch black dark through a valley, running through rivers and um, hot scorching sun, you know, mile 89 of a 135 mile race. I mean, all these things are such beautiful parallels to life. And what brings me the most passion is, is taking those experiences and bringing them to a very true 
raw form, um, you know, a way that just anybody can relate to them, whether you've done an, an ultra or not. Yeah, and, and you really do a good job with all your posts. I mean, I read them all the time and they're super inspiring, just like you said, not just for running, also for life. And we're glad that you've been giving this platform because you're authentic and um, you show us that failure is part of it and you get back up. And obviously your curiosity and competitiveness is part of it. Let me ask you one last question. Um, for you and your future, what are your goals and what's your plan long-term when it comes to racing and running? Do you think you'll continue improving and that you'll be doing this for a long time? Or when do you think you'll tune it down, if at all? Yeah, you know, it's, that's, a, that's a million dollar question. <laughs> This, this past year, 2019, I, for whatever reason, foolishly believed that, um, you know, actually I should just say, so I, every single year I always think like, oh, you know, when is my wind down year going to be? When are things going to start kind of slowing down for me? Um, but I have been on a pretty steep increase of a steep climb uh, for the past few years. And 2020 was supposed to be, um, the busiest year of, of my life. I mean, I, uh, by August, I would have traveled to six countries. Um, I would have done three trail camps. I would have had three speaking events. Um, I would have raced six times. Um, and that was just the first, you know, nine months of, of the year. So, um, I, I'm kind of curious as to when that, that will happen. I mean, I, I think right now still putting out good, strong performances um, encourages me to keep going because I, I really do enjoy it. Um, I will say though, my kids as they are now hitting ages where they're really starting to be very serious about their goals and, and things they had set up for themselves. Um, I do say no quite a bit more to events and speaking engagements and, and traveling to races worldwide just so I can be home for them and those things that they're working towards. So every season is different. And I think as a mom, that, that is definitely the joy in it is I'm continually changing what my racing career looks like um, in accordance to what my children are doing. And I love being able to, to kind of be the dictator of that. Um, you know, I don't really have somebody that, that tells me what to do. I've had different managers at different times. I've had coaches, um, and I have a lot of wonderful mentors in my corner, but I've always, um, really stuck pretty hard to staying true to who I am and doing what I want and kind of calling the shots, uh, because it's easy to get lost. It's easy, easy to get caught up and feel like you need to do a lot more than, than you should be, or that people are going to tell you what to do, or people have these expectations. But, um, I have, I've never gone on what people expect me to do. And so 2020 was going to kind of be like one of the, if not the busiest year of my life. And then I was going to end the year by really just reevaluating what I would be doing for 2021. But I will say that I've already, um, in the past, two or three years have already just kind of progressed into doing other things too. So I do speak a lot more. I do make a lot more appearances. Um, I write quite a bit. I, I was hoping to finish my book this year. Um, you know, that's still kind of uh, in, in the talks. So I am naturally progressing just 
progressing into other areas of running and, and different roles. Uh, but you know, as of now, I, I still do have quite a few races for 2021 because someone even got got pushed over. So we'll see if borders open up. Awesome, but if not, I'm just kind of riding the wave and going with the flow right now, and just really embracing. Uh, what each month has for me, because I kind of feel like that's what the world is is doing. Like we're just waiting month to month for what's going to mm-hmm. happen. <laughs> we totally are. Yeah. No. <laughs> and we are excited to continue watching you and uh, hope that your career goes on for a long time. And um, of you. course, you're super inspirational. I've told you that a million times. Thank you <laughs> so much for your time. And I'm yeah. glad it worked out with you hopping on here with me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Letty, for for having me on. And um, yeah, just for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. And then how can our um, listeners get a hold of you? How can they see you online? Can you tell me how to find you on Instagram and also perhaps a website? Yeah, so you can find me on sallymccray.com. There's all kinds of content on there. We're still building out different parts of the site, but you you can definitely learn a little bit about me there. And then Instagram is probably where I'm the most active on social media, but I also have a Facebook page called Yellow Runner and my Twitter is Sally McRae. Thank you so much, Sally. (laughs) Thank you, Letty. I appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. (laughs) Hey, you too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you, Sally. Again, this was a great conversation and I'm sorry it took me so long to um, get this on the air. I was really trying to figure out where to sort it and um, now we know. You're a inspiration to all of us. Anyway, that's all the time that we have allotted for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and until next time, have a good week of running. Thanks for listening. For training tips, previous podcast episodes, and fun merchandise for runners, please check out our website at wgtr.us. That's wgtr.us. And as always, have a wonderful week of running.